Georgia. We want to welcome you back to the Promise of Our Father podcast. We're going to continue where we left off in Series 2, Episode 11. Series 2, Episode 11. I'm going to do what I normally do. I'm going to go back and I'm going to, I'm going to rehash a little bit, and then we're going to get into where I left off at so we can have a place, a pinpoint place, where we can actually follow uh, where we are going because this is some powerful stuff that God has been revealing to us through the Scriptures and through the words of eternal life. I'm going to come from out of the book of John like I normally do. I'm not going to change anything from chapter 20, verse 19, 19, verses 19 through 22. But this time I want to read something real quick from out of the book of Acts. And this ties into everything that we're doing before I read John chapter 20, verse 19. Now this is after he was raised from the dead and he was in the earth for 40 years, uh, 40 days teaching the disciples. And I want to be from the book of Acts, verse 1. Chapter 1, verse 1 through 4, and it reads, The form of count I made, O Theophilus, of all that Christ began both to do and teach. So he was teaching on something for the 40 days after he had the disciples to touch him and feel him and know that it was him. Is his eyes, he said. So he said in verse 2, he says, uh, Until the day in which he was taken up, after he through the Holy Spirit had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs, being seen by them during 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. If you've been listening to the episodes in the podcast, we actually explain Matthew 6.33, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. So whatever he's speaking of here, we explain and we broke it down what the kingdom of God is. Because in Matthew's 13.11 and in Mark 14.11, it said it is for you and it is for I to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. Huh? If we don't know the mystery of the kingdom of God, we're just talking in parables to the people because we have not explained something that needs to be known. You can't receive what the kingdom of God is. You can't seek the kingdom of God in his righteousness if you don't know what the kingdom of God is in righteousness. So the righteousness of God, it says in Proverbs 12, 48, 12 or 28, it says, in the way of righteousness is eternal life. And there's, and there's no death in the path. And Proverbs 21, 21 says that if you seek and find and follow after righteousness, huh? if you seek and find and follow after eternal life, you shall have mercy, honor, and glory from God. So now the kingdom of God, we explained, came from out of uh, Luke chapter 9, verse 25 through 32 or 36, but go back and check it out. When he transfigured or transformed, or in Matthew 17, we call it the Mount Transfiguration. But if we go back and look, he says, there are some of you shall, that is standing out here shall not taste death 
until you see the kingdom of God. So he manifests the glory. See, Christ transformed the, fig, the configuration of Jesus' body into glory to speak with Moses and Elijah, who was in glory, so that he can explain to God, so that Moses and Elijah explained to Jesus about his death on the cross. So therefore, my brothers and sisters, you have to realize there's some heavy stuff. This was the things he was speaking of. He was teaching both to do and to teach to his disciples in the 40 days he was here. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of our fathers. My brother, this is the Promise of Our Father podcast. If you go online, you, you, you in Amazon and Barnes and Noble, you'll see I have a book out there called The Promise of Our Father and Who Has Believed in Our Report. If you want to purchase the book to tie into what this, 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 these message is all about, you, you, you'd be doing yourself a, 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 a good favor. But let me say this here. I want you to understand that he says, I want you to go to, don't depart from Jerusalem until and wait. Hear glory for the promise of our father. In 1 John 2.25, he says, and this is the promise that God promised us, which is eternal life. So in essence, he was really telling, he said, wait. In Luke 24 and 49, he says, I shall send the promise of my father. He says, I shall send you the promise of my, and you shall be endowed with power from on high. So I just wanted to get that brief statement there to bring us up to par where we left off at. And we're going to continue because I want to read from out of John 20 verse 19. And we're going to go into the place where we've been before because the last time I spoke, it was on the miracle in the new tomb, part three. The miracle in the new tomb, part three. That was series two. That was series 11, episode, uh, series two, episode 11. Excuse me. Series two, episode 11. Part three. So now we're going to get into it because we're going to change up the name because I want you to follow these in orders. They all tied into the same thing as the Father sent me. I also send you. I just give it different names so you have a reference point to know what to go look for when you began to start studying and listening to these messages. All of it is the same thing because by the time we get to the end, we're going to be talking again about as the Father has sent me. I send you. So I want to read from out of the book of John, chapter 20, verse 19, like I've been doing in the last few episodes. Then, the same day at the evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples was assembled for the fear of the Jews, Christ came and stood in the midst, and he said to them, Peace be with you. Immortality be with you. When Christ had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. So Christ said to them again, Immortality be with you. As the Father, hey glory, has sent me, I, has, I have also sent you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. 
And when Christ had said this, he breathed on them. And he said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. You remember, he said, he breathed on them. When you go back to Jesus Christ, when you go back to Genesis chapter 2, huh, verse 7, in the, in, and he, he, he formed the, the, a man from the dust of the ground. And he breathed the breath of life. And the man became a living soul. So this ties into he breathed on them, the Holy Spirit. This Holy Spirit is not the Holy Spirit as you're thinking because it's not the Holy Spirit. This Holy Spirit is the promise of our Father. Check glory. Because the Father is really the Holy Spirit Father. The Father is really the Holy, the, 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 the Spirit of Christ Father. See, the Father is the Father of the Holy Spirit in Christ. So he's really saying he breathed, hey, glory, the glory of God. Because what he did when he did that, as the Father has sent me, I also send you. He was breathing on him what the Father gave him. So that's why he breathed. Oh, I got to get out of that. That's what he had breathed on them. See? It's not the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. It's not the Holy Spirit that was named Jesus they breathed on them. It was the Father himself as the Holy Spirit, as the Father of the Holy Spirit, as the Father of Christ, as the Holy Spirit. So therefore, he was breathing on as the Father has sent me. Hey, glory, I got to get out of all that. He says, uh, he says, he says, wait in Jerusalem. Huh? For the promise of my Father, I shall send to you in Luke 24, 49, and you shall be endowed with power. Now, let me get to where I left off at in the last episode because I wanted to put that out there because I want you to see how powerful the Word of God is. So we're going to do Series 2, Episode 12 today. Series series two, episode twelve. We gonna we gonna tag this, huh? The ceremony in the new tomb. The ceremony in the new tomb. We tagged the last of the miracle that was in the new tomb, part one, two, and three. But this is the ceremony, yeah, hey, glory, in the new tomb, because you do know that was a ceremony that took place. Hey, in the new tomb. And you do know that was a miraculous miracle that took place in the new tomb. We're going to get to that if we can get to it. If God were, if the Lord permits us to get there, we have to do another episode, which we are anyway. If that's the part that's going to come in, whenever we get there, we'll be there. But let's continue. So I just want to rehash where we left off at so we can be in the same place as I'm teaching. Amen. So we stepped out from where we was at, and I was kind of Speaking on in the latter part of the message of episode 11, series 2, John 4, 23, 24. And but the, but the hour is coming and now is. See, whatever we are doing, whatever, is, whatever we're doing has come, but it's really now is. It has already come. So whatever we are speaking about is now is. Huh? When the two worshipers. We'll worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father, the promise of our Father is seeking for such a one to worship him. The promise of our Father, I shall send the promise of our Father upon you. You shall be endowed with power. He says, I am seeking for such a one who understands the promise of the Father. 
that you shall be endowed with. I'm seeking for such a worshiper. Huh? Verse 24 in John chapter 4 says, God is spirit. And let me say that again. God is spirit. And those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Come on. Those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So when God made you and I, he made you and I to worship him from out of his image. When God made a male, he made the male to worship him from out of his image. When God made a female, he made a female to worship God from out of his image. So when God made us out of the Holy Spirit and the body of Christ huh, and the spirit of Christ and the body of the Holy Spirit that he created from the earth and the heavens and the celestial and the celestial and the Cholesterol, he made us to worship him from out of that body. Come on. This is how we know him. God created man in his own image, and the man had the image of God, huh? As a male and a female that was birthed from out of God's spirit. And his and he took his body. And God took his flesh. And God took his spirit. And God took his blood and God took his bones and he put it in these two bodies. Hey, he made a body out of a man, out of his spirit. And he put a male and a female spirit and bones and body and blood in that spirit. And he put it in them two bodies. Hey, glory. Huh? Who was Christ and the Holy Spirit. And he made in his own image according to their likeness on the sixth day. Come on. He made these three bodies out of one that he created and made on the sixth day from a body that was made without hands from the heavens and the earth or from the celestial or from the terrestrial bodies from Genesis 1-1. And God then rested on the seventh day after he created and made a body from the fullness of the Godhead without hands. Let's see where this body come from, and I'm just reacting because I, you talk. If you go back to the last message, you're gonna hear the same, the same thing. Uh, and he says, "How do we know this to be true that God made a body that was made without hands from the eternal?" In Second Corinthians chapter five, verse one, for we know that if this earthly house, this tent is destroyed. We have a building from God, he glory, a house from God, not made with hands, eternal in the heavens, see, glory, not just the heaven, but the heavens, meaning the earth and the heaven, glory be to God, come on, so now, man, you can't just make this stuff up, we have scriptures to back up why we believe that tomorrow is promised and we all don't have to die, and why we believe and know in our hearts that God promised us eternal life. Now we clearly see that God created and made a body without hands on the sixth day from out of his sons, Christ, and from out of his son, huh, the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit was not named Jesus in the beginning. His name was the Word or the Holy Spirit. John 1, 1 said, in the beginning was the Word was his name, and the word was with God, who was Christ, and the word was God, was who was God, our Father. Now we have a body that's made without hands, that's created on the sixth day by God, from out of his spirit, huh? from out of his son, huh? Christ, and from out of his son, 
the Holy Spirit. Let's see, my brother, my brothers and sisters, if we can, if we can tie and connect this all back together. Let's go back to John chapter 20. Now, Mary Magdalene is talking with the two angels first. Who is Moses and Elijah, the same two who came in Luke chapter 9, verse 29, 31. And Moses, when Moses and, and Elijah talked to Jesus about his death at the cross. Now we have the body, the flesh, the bones, the blood of Christ, the flesh, the bones, the body, the blood of the Holy Spirit. We have the water and the blood of Jesus. We have the body of Jesus that Joseph of Amathea and Nicodemus has prepared for the tomb. And apparently we have the two angels that are witnessing everything, but there is a spiritual ceremony, glory, that has to take place during this process within the 72 hours before Christ appeared in the body of Jesus with the blood of Jesus to present to God. That's why I titled this the ceremony. In the new tomb, let's revisit Hebrews 9, verse 11 and 12. Hebrews 9, verse 11 and 12. My brothers, if you are following us and you are following these messages, you need to start writing these messages. You need to take notes and follow these, follow these verses and scriptures because they tie in tune to what God is speaking. This is how you learn and come into the knowledge of the glory. So you won't lack the knowledge of God because you are now coming into the knowledge. You will be removing the zeal that according to knowledge that you have, you'll be removing the zeal that you have lacked, huh? Because you think the zeal is the knowledge because it makes you happy. The zeal makes you happy, but the knowledge glorifies God and his son Christ. So when you have the knowledge of God, you're glorifying God through the knowledge because the mystery, it is for you to know and have the knowledge of the mystery of the glory and the kingdom of God. So let's go to Hebrews 9 verse 11 and it reads, but Christ came as high priest of good things to come with the greater and more perfect tabernacle. Watch out. Not made with hands or in other words, the body that's made without hands from the heavens. That is not of this creation. So what God is really saying here, when God made, when God made the Holy Spirit from out of the earth, when God made huh, Christ's body from out of the celestial, it was not from this creation. It was from out of the body of God. Because God, before he called creation into existence, already had the heavens and the earth inside of him. So before the creation got out, it was in the spirit and the body of God. So therefore, so now Christ is in this perfect tabernacle that was before the foundation of the world that was in this world now as the creation that wasn't the creation before it became the created part of God who created man in his own image as a male and a female and put it in his Holy Spirit huh, as the flesh. And he put it in the celestial who is Christ. And he put both them in that and it became God. That is not of this creation. So now Christ is in a body that's made without hands or in other words, a body that is made not in this creation. Not with the blood of goats 
and the blood of calves in Hebrews chapter 9 verse 12. But with his own blood, he entered the most holy place once for all, having a pain. Hey, glory, eternal redemption. I told you yesterday, we are waiting on the redemption of the body from out of Romans 24. So when you began to Romans chapter 8, verse 24, you began to understand that we are waiting on the redemption. Glory be to God of the body. I want you to know that, my brothers, uh, my brothers and sisters. Matter of fact, let me see if I can read that. Because in Romans 23, Romans 8, 23, not only that, we also who have the first fruit of the spirit, even we ourselves grown within ourselves, eagerly waiting for the adoption of the redemption of our bodies. So God is putting these words together so that you can understand who God is because he got it all together. He's the father, he's the son, and he's the Holy Spirit. These three are one in the heavens. So my brothers and sisters, not like those who are in the earth, the spirit of Christ, huh? the word and the water and the blood. They have to agree. We found out in earlier teaching. So therefore, and furthermore, the eternal redemption out of his own blood, out of his own body, out of his own bones, out of his own flesh. He says he entered into the most holy place once for all. My brother, let's tie and connect this to Ephesians chapter 2. So let's go to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 13. But now, in Christ Jesus, who once were far off, who you, or who I, was once afar off, have been brought near, brought near by the blood of Christ. You got to watch out for this blood of Christ. He came with his own blood. Remember, I told you that he went, got the blood. Hey, glory. He went, got the blood at the foot of the cross that cried out with a loud voice. Huh? While he was in the tomb preparing the place. But he promised the blood. He promised Jesus in his blood that he would come back and get him again. And where I be, you shall be also in the blood. So the blood as the own blood had to go through a miraculous event that we are trying to get to. And per, perhaps, and furthermore, by today, or per eventually, before the day's out, I may get into that. But if not, just stay tuned for the next episode. But for right now, let's go back to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 13. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once afar off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Not the blood of an animal. Now, the blood of an animal in Exodus chapter 12 huh, was over the lintel, and it was over the doorpost. And my brothers and sisters, when it was over the lintel, and it was over the doorpost, when the deaf angel saw the blood of the animal over the doorpost, he fleed, and he left that person or left that house alone. See, that house was considered a physical house, but the house that was in the house was the house of God, because that was God's children who was abiding in the house. See, God was the God of the house. See, and when the animal of the blood of the animal just gave the uh, gave the deaf angel a reference point where God was. When he saw where God was, the deaf angel did not go there because he knew there was the house of God because God was the God of the house. 
Come on. So now, but the blood of Christ and his own blood has made us so miraculous change and has given us something so that we can operate from in, operate in, in the earth as he did when he presented it to God in the ground. Come on. So when he did what he did, that was something so miraculous took place. Look what happened in Ephesians 2.13. I'm going to read it again and continue. But now in Christ Jesus, you who, was a once, who you, you who once were afar off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. High glory. By his own blood. For Christ himself is our peace. Let me say that again. For Christ himself is our immortality. Peace be with you. Immortality be with you. He breathed on them the Holy Spirit. So God said, for Christ himself is our immortality. He's our peace who had made both bloods, the blood of himself and the blood of Jesus, both one blood, come on, and broken down the middle walls of separation, his own blood, but hold up. I just described a minute ago that we had the blood of Christ, we had the blood of God, the Holy Spirit, the bones of Christ, the bones of the Holy Spirit, the flesh of Christ, the flesh of the Holy Spirit. We had the body of Jesus. We had the blood, the water, the blood that he got from off the ground that cried out and agreed with the Holy Spirit or the Spirit of truth to come and say, look here, man, you promised to come back. and get, Hey, is your blood crying out right now? If your blood is not crying out, you need to cry out for the blood of God and the blood of Christ and the blood of Jesus, glory, so that you can operate from out of the fullness of the Godhead, or you can operate from out of the fullness of the blood of God. Hey, through his son Christ. Come on. So verse 12 speaks to us. Ephesians chapter 12, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 13. But now Christ, who was once a fall, oh, have brought us near. By the blood of Christ. For Christ himself is our peace, who have made both, both bloods. The blood of himself and the blood of Jesus Christ. Excuse me. And the blood of Jesus Christ, both one blood. To break down. To break down the walls of separation. Ephesians 2.15 says, Why? Having abolished death in, the, in his flesh. He done away with death in his flesh. So the flesh that came through the doors that was shut had no death. Death was afraid of that body because it was the body that was made without hands or picture what God created from the heavens, from the earth in the beginning in Genesis 1-1 and 126 and 127 and put himself in the, as a male and a female in that body and he came through the sixth door that was shut. So now he Death. In first and second Timothy chapter one, verse 10, it says that and at his appearance, he abolished death and brought immortality. Watch yourself and eternal life to those who search and seek after him. He brought immortality through the appearance. He abolished death. So having abolished death in his flesh, which is the enemy and the last enemy to be destroyed is death. So that is the law of commandments or the law of sin and death that is contained in ordinance so as to create in himself. 
huh? as Christ, one new man from the two bloods, which is the blood of himself and the blood of Jesus, and that Christ might reconcile the blood of himself uh, huh? as Christ and the blood of Jesus, both to God in one body through the cross, therefore putting to death the last enemy to be destroyed, which is death in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 26. In John, in, in Luke chapter 10, he says, I have given them all authority over the last enemy, all the power over the last enemy. And he says, by any means, nothing shall hurt and harm you. So therefore, we have power over the last enemy. So now we got the enemy in trouble because the enemy has no more power. But if you keep walking around here, talking about we all got to die and tomorrow is not promised and we are not going to be here forever. You know, you have already dishonored the word of God and not even knowing it. I told you, let uh, uh, don't do not be deceived. Hmm? Do not be deceived, my brothers and sisters. Huh? You know what I'm talking about. Don't be deceived by what people are saying. Do not be deceived through evil communication and go, go, because evil communication corrupts good company. Evil communication corrupts good habits. Evil communication huh, corrupts things that pertain to God. When you want to be, believe what God is saying, you begin to believe what they are saying. So don't be deceived. Deceived, my brothers and sisters, through evil, uh, evil and corrupt communication. Watch who you're watching, who you're hanging around. Don't be unequally yoked, because you are yoking together with death and equally yoked with death, thinking you're equally yoked with God, and you're not. You're equally yoked with the unbelievers, because the unbelievers is the person you're being with, who is speaking about tomorrow's not promised, and you are there agreeing with them. I got to get out of that, man. I ain't going to have no more friends by the time I finish these messages and these episodes. But let's continue, my brothers, because I, I feel all right right now, so you better watch out. So watch this here. To allow this is what God is doing. In verse 16, he says, And that Christ might reconcile the blood of himself as Christ and the blood of Jesus, both to God in one body through the cross, therefore putting to death the last enemy who will be destroyed. But last time I read in Hebrews 9, 11 and 9, 12, it says that in verse 12, not with the blood of goats and the blood of cows, but with his own blood, he entered into the holiest place once for all, and obtain eternal redemption. So now we are reading here in Ephesians 2, huh, verse 13 through 16, and that Christ might reconcile us huh, through the blood of himself as Christ and the blood of Jesus, both to God in one body as one blood through the cross, therefore putting the death. Oh, you got to watch out. Death, you in trouble now. You in trouble now because life and death is in the power of the tongue and they that love Love speaking eternal life shall live forever and not die and eat the bread, the flesh of God, and drink the blood and drink the life of God through the blood. Because the life of the flesh that we are drinking is in the blood of God. We say thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you. My brothers and sisters, this, stuff, this, is, this is so powerful. I don't even know if I'm going to ever get to the place where I'm going, but I'm going to keep on going until I get there. <laughs>
<laughs> I have said this before in your hearing, and I say it's worth saying again in your hearing. The blood of God and the blood of Christ is not the same blood of Jesus as his water and blood. Come on. The water and the blood of Christ, of Jesus is not the same blood as the blood of God and the blood of Christ. Because the blood of Jesus came through a woman named Mary. But the blood of Christ came through the blood of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy. The blood of God, the blood of Christ came through the blood of God when he came down huh, through, to, through 42 generations. He came down in the blood of God. That's why he was able to walk on water. I'm going to tell you something. Jesus wasn't able to walk on water if the body of Christ and the blood of Christ and the Spirit of God in Christ was in the body of Jesus when he walked on that water. Let me tell you something, my brothers and sisters. Don't be deceived by evil communication because they develop bad habits. Let me give you a good one. Christ did that himself. Through the Spirit of God, he walked on the water through the prayers. He prayed to the Father. He said, Father, look here. I'm about to go walk and show them something they never seen before. He said, I'm not a ghost and I'm not a spirit. He said, touch me. He said, hold me, handle me. He says, now let's get in this boat and get to the other side. And the Bible says, and he got to the other side immediately. Why? Because the Spirit of Christ breathed on the boat and the boat took off. The boat took off to the other side, my brothers and sisters. So you got to watch out when Christ breathed on you. Now, my brothers and sisters, I done got all excited about all this stuff. And I want you to know that the blood of Christ and the blood of God was not the same blood as Jesus. Amen. We will continue rightly dividing the word of truth and find out how the blood of God and the blood of Christ is different from the water and the blood of Jesus. During the 72 hours, Christ and the Holy Spirit and the water and the blood of Jesus, that Christ recovered from the, you hear me? That Christ recovered from the cross. You hear what I'm saying? That Christ recovered from the, from the cross, like I said, where the blood of Jesus cried out from. The ground and the blood of Jesus spoke to Christ with a loud voice. While he was in the tomb and along with the body of Jesus as the Lamb of God is having a ceremony in the tomb because Christ is now the high priest of the house of God in the tomb after the order of Melchizedek. And he had to prepare the water and the blood and the body of Jesus and present it to God along with his own blood. Although... The Holy Spirit is in the tomb as well, but you need to know that Christ and the Holy Spirit are one. So the Holy Spirit is operating in Christ, but Christ is the head of the Holy Spirit because Christ always has been and always will be the head of the body. Come on. Hey, glory. But you need to know that Christ and the Holy Spirit are one according to 1 John chapter 5. Verse 7, for there are three that bear witness in heaven, the Father, the Word, who is Christ, and the Holy Spirit. And these three are one. And the Scriptures further teaches us that no one can come to the Father except through Christ. 
So by Christ being the high priest of God, after the order of Melchizedek has become one body with the Holy Spirit, just as they did when God had made and created them in Genesis 1, 26 and 27, in his own image and his own likeness on the sixth day from out of Genesis 1, 1, out of his spirit from a body that was made without hands. Now this ceremony that is taking place in the new tomb among the blood of Christ as the high priest of God and the water and the blood of Jesus and the body of Jesus is a phenomenal or a highly extraordinary particular event that is taking place in the tomb. That's why I named this the ceremony in the tomb. You got to watch out what was taking place in the ceremony in the tomb, my brothers and sisters, let's walk through the events huh? of this extraordinary particular event during the ceremony as Christ being the high, the high priest of the house of God in, even in the new tomb or the grave. Christ has taken the water and the blood of Jesus. Y'all got to get this. <laughs> he has taken the water and the blood of Jesus. And he has to purify the water and the blood of Jesus that will be used for the sins of the world. So now we need to understand and comprehend how this event took place. Christ as the high priest of God. Come on, took the water and the blood of Jesus and changed the water and the blood of Jesus and changed it into the spirit and the blood of himself and the Holy Spirit as one blood. Come on, how we know that is true? Because in John 2, 9, Christ's first miracle or Christ's first miraculous event in the body of Jesus was when he changed the water into wine. Now, when Christ being the high priest of God, he replicated or re he repeated or duplicated this same miraculous event in the tomb with the water and the blood of Jesus. So he changed the water and the blood of Jesus back in into the water and the spirit of God through his own blood ah, glory as the high priest of God. So when he came out and he presented the blood of God, his own blood, he had already made the transfusion or the transformation of Jesus' blood or change the water and the blood of Jesus into his own blood and presented to God. Come on. You just can't make this stuff up. Now, Christ had made his blood and the blood of the Holy Spirit and the water and the blood of Jesus become one blood. Huh? Through changing the water and the blood into his own blood. This is why in Ephesians 2.13 verse 16 through 16, it says that we all have been brought near to God by the blood of Christ, who has made both bloods, which is the blood of himself and the water and the blood of Jesus, become one blood to break down the middle walls of separation, now through the process of the law and sin and death and the ordinance has been abolished. Through that process, death been abolished. 
and the purpose for this happening with the two bloods become one blood is that Christ was creating in himself one new man that came through the sunset doors that was shut. Uh-oh, come out. Hey, that's why Mary didn't know who he was until he said, Mary. He said, my sheep shall know my voice, and, and they that know me, and I know them, and I shall give them eternal life. No one can pluck Mary Magdalene from out of the hands of Christ, out of the hands of God, because God was protecting the hands of Christ, because Christ's hands was God's hands. So therefore, Mary knew the voice of God and said, Father, Rabboni, hey, Master, hmm? And the reason he made one new man, my brothers and sisters, in himself, it was to reconcile the blood of himself and the water and the blood of Jesus back unto God in one new body. Now, after the ceremony of the water and the blood of Jesus, huh? The water and the blood of Jesus and the blood of Christ has become one blood from the two bloods. Christ has to do something with the body of Jesus that Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus has prepared. This is where it gets very interesting. So come on with me. Hang in there and listen up. This is so powerful and so heavy. This message will change and renew the spirit of your minds of God. The sons, huh, and the sons and the daughters of God who hunger and thirst for righteousness, or in other words, it will renew the spirit and the minds of those who hunger and thirst for eternal life, because scriptures teaches us if you and I search the scriptures, we might think we have eternal life in John 5, 39, 40. And these are they that testify of the blood of God and the blood of Christ has become one blood through the blood of Jesus at the cross and the tomb. Come on. These are who hunger and thirst for eternal life. We have eternal life, my brothers and sisters. If this message don't change your perspective about heaven, I wish someone would have taught me this 20 years ago. But I thank God he waited for an appointed time, this dispensation of time, to do the teaching. He said he hid huh, the gospel. And if the gospel was hid, it was hid to those who was lost. And I was lost, my brothers and sisters. But the blood of God has found me and took me into another dimension in God. Are you willing to come where God is taking us? Because we are on a journey. Hey, glory. Glory, glory, glory. Come on. Hmm? This is so powerful and so heavy. The message will change and renew the spirit of your minds of God. The minds of God. Son, the sons and the daughters of God who hunger and thirst for righteousness. This word will renew the spirit of the mind of those who hunger and thirst for eternal life. Because scripture teaches us that uh, if you think, by now you should think. You should leave those words alone. We are not going to be here to forever. Tomorrow is not promised. And we all have to die. You have to leave those words alone because life and death is in the power of the tongue. And they that eat it shall eat the fruit thereof. Your stomach shall be filled with death if that's what you're eating upon. But if you began to feed the spirit of him, say the, the outer man is perishing day by day, huh? But the inner man, excuse me, the outer man is perishing daily, but the inner man is being renewed 
day by day. So if you renew the inner man by speaking the words of eternal, Peter says, Father, you have the words of eternal life. Come on. Yeah. The words of eternal life. Do anybody out there have the words of eternal life? Huh? The ceremony in the tomb. My brothers and sisters, let's continue with the message. Uh, but after understanding and comprehending the message of the God in Christ, you will know you have eternal life through God's Son. Amen. Isaiah 28, 9 and 10 says, Whom will I get? God said, Whom will I get to teach knowledge? And whom will I make to understand the message? Those who are weaned from the milk, those who are drawn from the breast, those who are weaned from the titty, those who are off the elementary doctrine of teaching, those from who are the, the doctrines and the commandments of men. He says, those who decide that they want to come into a place, who will he get to teach knowledge? My brothers, I thank you, Father, for giving me the knowledge of the glory of God to teach God. You knew if I ever come into the knowledge and if I ever come into knowing and understanding what you was teaching and telling through your son Christ's teaching, you knew I'd tell anybody who would listen. And if you're out there listening, right now. You are blessed among and highly favored among women. If you are a woman, you are blessed and highly favored among men. If you are a man out there, you are blessed. If you are sons and daughters out there right now listening to this, man, you are blessed forever because God is renewing and changing the aspect of how you believe in him. Hey, glory. Get out of that old elementary tomorrow's night. I got so much I want to tell you that we all have to die. Get out of that elementary stuff. Hmm? What if God wanted you and chose you to be here forever? Would you tell God, I don't want to? You'll be a fool. You'll be a fool, oh foolish one. Ha, glory. Don't be ignorant all your life. Huh? I was ignorant sometimes, huh? But I wasn't, I ain't gonna be ignorant all my life. I listened to my mama. I listened to my daddy. I listened to my pastor, preacher, and teacher. They still teaching your mamas and your daddies, your preachers and teachers, and apostles and bishops still like that teaching. And you should stop saying tomorrow's not promised. If you don't get nothing else from out of this hill, huh? And we all have to die. Joker, you gotta die. Ain't nobody all have to die. Now there will be something that's gonna slip out of him. Let's get that straight. What if you've been chosen for the remnant? This is for our children's children. This is for our grandchildren. What if we start teaching our family members, our loved ones? What if I teach my three-year-old granddaughter, my six-year-old grandson, my six-year-old grandson, my nine-year-old granddaughter? Start teaching them my 16-year-old grandson these type of teaching. Yes, yeah, son, you can live forever and not die. That would separate them from death in the midst of all this chaos that we are dealing with. Hey, let me get out of there. Who will teach? Who will God get to teach knowledge? Who will he make to understand the message? They that are weaned from off the milk, from off the titty, from off the breast. They that are weaned from off the elementary doctrine of the teaching of Christ. Huh? For precept upon precept, line upon line. Here a little, my brothers and sisters, and there a little. I'm giving it to you like it was given to me, my brother. Now since the water and the blood of Jesus has been made 
one with the blood of Christ, lets us deal with the body of Jesus that is in the tomb, with the high priest doing these 72 hours. Let us take another look at John 20 and 21 and 22. So Christ to his disciples again, um, Christ said to his disciples again, peace be to you as the father has sent me. I also send you. And when he had said this, Christ breathed on them. And he said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. Watch this hymn. After Christ had completed the ceremony of the water and the blood of Jesus and the bar and the blood of himself, making them become one, one blood from the two bloods, making them become one body, having the body of Jesus as the Lamb of God that Joseph of Amathea and Nicodemus had prepared for him, the next thing that Christ did bring us into the knowledge of the glory of God and know that God has promised us eternal life forever and live forever and not die. This next move Christ made as the high priest of God after he presented, after the order of Melchizedek, is the, is the epitome it's the epitome or the highest degree of God's glory being manifested in us. Christ took the body of Jesus, who is the Lamb of God, and he breathed the blood of himself, the flesh of himself, the bones of himself, the body of himself that created, that he created and made from the blood of himself and the water of himself and the blood of Jesus. He changed into the spirit and the blood of himself and breathed this new body, this new blood and the new flesh and the new body into the new body of Jesus that was the that, that was taken down from the cross he breathed on Jesus body that Joseph of Amathea and Nicodemus had prepared. So all that that happened in Genesis 1-1, God let the Lord God, who is Christ, do it again in the same picture of Genesis 2-7 where he took the body from the dust of the ground. But this body wasn't like that body. This body was from glory. That body was from the earth that was contaminated. But this body hey, that he used in Jesus' body was the body of the Holy Spirit that was on the cross as the lamb. See, the lamb of God was always God. It was never an animal. The lamb that Abraham spoke about, that the Lord has a lamb, huh, reserved for you, son. He gave him a, a God doing, he gave him a, 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 he gave him one of them, uh, what you call it, a sheep. He gave him a, 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 a goat. He gave him one of those things. He gave him a goat. But Abraham told Isaac, Y'all got to go back and see that. He told Isaac, God has a lamb reserved for us. He has a lamb. So this lamb of God as the body of Jesus that was on the cross was actually God as the body of the lamb that he spoke with to Abraham way back 2,000 generations ago. So now, my brothers, we got the lamb of God glory on the cross that Christ is breathing into so this body of Jesus is not the same body that came from the dust of the ground. This body came from the Lamb of God that Abraham, that Joseph of Amathea and Nicodemus prepared. So Nicodemus and Joseph got an opportunity to touch God. God, okay. I got to get out of all that. 
this new flesh of Christ, this new blood of Christ, this new body of Christ. It's not actually new as you might suppose. It is new to us because the Spirit of God has revealed himself yet to us. He has not revealed himself yet to us. In essence and in retrospect, Christ breathed the new blood of himself and the new body of himself. Huh? The new bone, the new flesh upon Jesus' new body who was the Lamb of God, who take away the sins of the world. See, y'all thought Jesus took away the sins of the world. Jesus was in the body that took away the sins of the world. The only person who could take away the sins of the world was the Lamb of God body. It was God in that body, but Jesus had the name of the Lamb. Come on. So therefore, and furthermore, and in retrospect, my brother, it was God who takes away the sin of the world. In Hebrews chapter 10, he said that I will remember your sins no more. Why? Because he was the one to throw them away. He was the one to throw them away as the Lamb of God. Come on. This is too much, my brothers and sisters. I don't know if you're going to be able to handle all this here. Before we discuss the resurrection of the new body of Jesus Christ, and now we see and understand that Christ breathed the breath of life into Jesus' new body, and he became a living soul. Let's see where this happened before in the scriptures. My brothers, I'm going to stop here because I want to keep them short. And we're going to start right there at Genesis 2-7. But I'm going to rehash again like I'm always doing. But I want you to understand these are getting powerful and powerful. I'm beginning to see how God wants me to actually demonstrate the power of his anointing over the air through these podcasts. If I give you too much, it might not be huh, sufficient because it won't do you any good. But if I give you a little bit, you'll get hungry for it and you'll want more. Because the scripture says, they that hunger and thirst for eternal life will want more. So this is Pastor D. Washington coming to you live from out of Atlanta, Georgia, my brothers and sisters. I want to thank you for listening and tuning in and continue to share these messages. Download these messages, my brothers. Give me some feedback. Tell us what you think. And my brothers, continue to pray for us as one. We continue to grow our leaps and bounds. I want to thank all my spiritual culture leaders all out, all over the world, all throughout the United States, all through the cities that I understand that I put these words out through. I got people all on the on the offshore that I'm sharing the word of eternal life with. So my brothers and sisters, when you hear these words, continue to share them. If they're doing something for you, they should do something for somebody else. And if they ain't doing nothing for you, still give them to somebody else. Give them a shot at it. Huh? Maybe it ain't your shot to take. Let somebody else shoot the ball. Michael Jordan, always want to shoot all the time. Let's pass the ball to curve, man. But anyway, my brothers and sisters, pass it along. It's all I'm trying to say. We love you and we thank you. This is Pastor D. Washington coming to you live from out of Atlanta, Georgia. You can reach us at 678-764-1614. Huh? 678-764-1614. Huh? That's our hotline. So call, text, and let us know what you think about the messages. Download them. Send them to your friends. I got a book online called The Promise of Our Father. Who has believed in our report? You know what I mean? Go out there on Amazon.com, Books uh, books a Million, Barnes and Noble, and all these different entities where the books is distributed. So my brothers and sisters, it ain't about the book. Just purchase the book so it coincide 
and what we are doing now. And if you want to PAS, you want to reach us, uh, our email, P-A-S-T-O-R-D-W at Yahoo.com. P-A-S-T-O-R-D-W at Yahoo.com. Give us a call, text us, and give us some feedback. We may, we may continue, that we may continue to do the works of the ministry through the Spirit of Christ. And may God bless you and your family forever. This is Pastor D. Washington coming to you live from out of Atlanta, Georgia. Amen. <laughs>